You're listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome to the Collegian Week in Review. Here are your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. Welcome back to the Collegian Week in Review, where we give you an inside look into Michigan's oldest college newspaper. We're your hosts, Maddie Welsh and Lauren Scott. And today we'll be talking to Carly Moran about the college's endowment, as well as a local orchard that's closing. But first, Lauren and I are going to discuss some of the top headlines and stories from this week's issue. And today we're joined by guest host and associate editor of The Collegian, Logan Washburn. Glad to be here. Thanks for being here, Logan. So we've got some very interesting stories on the front page this week. The top story is about the results of homecoming. It's homecoming week here at Hillsdale. Saturday is the homecoming football game. But throughout the week, the Student Activities Boards runs events where different coalitions, including dorms, Greek houses, uh, there's even a track and cross-country team this year, which is the first. Uh, They all participate in different events and compete to win. And currently, we are about halfway through that. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Uh, Homecoming week starts uh, literally at the very beginning on of the week at midnight on Monday morning. So everybody gathers in the union um, starting sometimes as early as Sunday afternoon to secure their spot to drop their banners. So the first competition is who can create the best banner. And they reveal the banners at midnight Monday morning. And so we started with that. And then we moved into the video competition, which was on Tuesday. And interestingly enough, Kappa actually placed first in both the banner competition and the video competition. Yeah, it's kind of a first. A lot of the time, the Greek houses do fine, but aren't really winning just because I don't know why. It's usually dorms that kind of lead the way. But so it's interesting that that is happening from a sort of historical homecoming perspective. Absolutely. Um, I was in Simpson my freshman year, and so I know that was a huge part of the culture there. Um, and Simpson is normally pretty big on things, and I'm, I do not doubt that their energy has dropped at all. But um, yeah, it's interesting to see that Kappa is winning two in a row at this point. Yeah, Simpson actually won trivia night, um, so they placed first in that. So I'm sure they were absolutely thrilled that they finally placed first in something. I'm interested to see how that will go because they are, I believe, um, second overall tied with No Way Man, which is an alliance between Coon, Galloway, and Waterman residences. Uh, but the thing about Simpson is that up until 2019, they won every single year. They won the whole homecoming competition for eight years straight. But in 2019, they lost to a different group. And since then, they have not won. They've sort of been up there but haven't won. So I'm interested to see what Simpson will do, whether they'll come back or if they're just sort of a a second, third place team. We'll see. Absolutely. I think they're um they're really going for it. They've been doing that the last few years, um, but they just haven't been able to get up there. So we'll see. Yeah. In more let's say uh relevant to the larger community news, we have a story on the front page about our state representative, Andrew Fink. Um, and a new position that he is running for. He just announced his candidacy for the Michigan Supreme Court. Yeah, Fink is, I'm sure, very excited about this. Um, I know Jacob Hooper, his former campaign manager, is very excited to see this development. Um, And yeah, it's very cool to see someone go from the college to representing the community 
to um, putting his um, hat in the ring for such a high office. Um, he is really hoping to advance constitutionalism in this position, and um, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. I think he has a good shot. Um, a lot of where he got his start was at Hillsdale here. He said one of his main inspirations was um, Professor Mickey Craig. And so, um, yeah, he just really enjoyed his time here. And so it's so cool to see that legacy um, potentially reach to the state's highest court again because we have alumnus um, Viviano, I think, currently on the court. So it'll be interesting to see if we're able to get one more up there. Yeah, Fink became state representative in 2020 and he said that he sees this as just a continuation of the work that he's been doing the past years and he as a former marine officer um and a current attorney right now he his main objective is to uphold the constitution and he just sees this as a way to continue to do that another story we've got here on the front page is a story that you wrote actually lauren about the wall street journal college rankings and how we are not included in those we are not and that is because uh well there are multiple reasons why we could not be included but the main one uh, is that one of the criteria for the wall street journal to rank colleges is that they have to accept federal aid which hillsdale does not do um, and so because we don't accept any government funding of any sort, we are not able to be ranked by the Wall Street Journal, which is unfortunate. However, uh, the professors and students I talked to both said that they don't really think this affects Hillsdale much because, well, one, we have like a really unique way of recruiting people. And two, Hillsdale's reputation speaks for itself and that we are a great college. And although the Wall Street Journal is a wonderful publication and is very credible, like we don't necessarily need their endorsement for people to know that Hillsdale is a great school. Absolutely. Documentary filmmaking professor Buddy Morehouse actually said this in a really good way. Um, he was essentially saying that Hillsdale is unlike any other place and no matter what, it's going to do just fine attracting talented students. So, um, yeah, I think we'll be all right. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see that this is continuing because they haven't put us on the list in past years for the same reason. Moving on to a story that, Maddie, you wrote about a trustee and also an alumnus of the college that um, the school had a memorial service for on Wednesday that you covered. So tell me about this trustee. Yeah, so his name was Stephen S. Higley. He graduated from Hillsdale in 1966, and on Wednesday, the college hosted a memorial for him in Christ Chapel, and I got to attend that. It was a really wonderful service. It was presided by college chaplain Adam Rick, um, and then it was a full service with prayer and hymns and such that Chamber Choir performed, um, and then some of his friends and colleagues spoke, which was really wonderful to hear. Um William Broadbeck, who is the emeritus chairman of the board of trustees, he's still a trustee on the board, um, also a 1966 graduate. He was longtime friends with Higley, um, and he spoke about their friendship and just what a wonderful man he was and how he contributed to the college. Um, Mark Hamlin, who's another trustee, also spoke. He knew Higley professionally, 
um, because Steve Higley was a leader in the steel industry. He worked at many companies in the steel industry across his career. And that's how Hamlin met him and eventually came to join the board of Hillsdale and said that that changed his life. Um, and then, of course, Dr. Arne spoke. Um, he had known Mr. Higley the whole time that he's been at Hillsdale um, and had some really beautiful things to say about this man and his life. I want to just read something that he said because it was just incredible and such an excellent demonstration of how much Dr. Arn cares about the people that serve this college and how much people care about this college. I mean, Steve Higley dedicated many years of his life to us. He was on the board for, I want to say 38 years. Yeah, it was um, 38 years that he was on the board. Um, so what Dr. Arn said in his speech is he said that um, you look at the thousands of people that serve this college, the millions of people that donate. Um, and he said, if you take any one of them away, the college would be less. If you take Steve Higley and his 57 years away, it would be infinitely less. What they're giving back, I think it's a testament to what a human being actually is. I think what we do is never lost. In the fullest time, it is recovered in heaven, but it lives here until that day comes and it will not go away. And he said, Hillsdale College will be eternally grateful to Steve Higley. So I think that was just such a beautiful thing that Dr. Arn said. And, you know, wonderful that we were able to, on this campus, that Mr. Higley served, we were able to honor his life. So I thought that was special. Sorry, I just talked a whole bunch, but it was a cool story. Absolutely. Thanks for um, talking about that. I think he's left a huge footprint on campus and a lot of the current students may not have seen him around or if they did they may not have known him but um yeah it's really important to remember his story and his legacy because um yeah it's very profound well that's all we've got for now from us next we'll be talking to carly this is the collegian week in review this is Lauren, and I'm here with Carly Moran. She's an assistant news editor at The Collegian. This week, Carly wrote a front-page story about the college endowment growing despite the drop in donors. So, Carly, start off by telling me how much our endowment was and how much of an increase that was from last year. Yeah, it's great to be here today. So, in 2022 year-to-date standing, so approximately June 30th of last year, we were looking at approximately $883 million for our total endowment. So what that means is any money that the college consistently works with that's saved up to help actively run the college. So we're not talking about things like CCAs. We're mainly fo focusing on things like college tuition, scholarships, um, paying the professors, running facilities day to day, things like that. So this year it is currently at $972 million. So that is a nearly $100 million increase. Um, we are quite close to reaching a billion dollars. I think without COVID, we probably would be there by now. It's pretty exciting stuff. Another thing I wanted to ask you about is the recent drop in donors. Now, I understand this isn't something specific to Hillsdale, but rather something that's kind of universal 
because of the state of the economy right now. Do you mind elaborating on what your sources said about this? Right. So Nancy Johnson from Institutional Advancement really emphasized that largely due to COVID, you had a lot of smaller donors disappear. They're calling it the disappearance of the small donor because they no longer have those stimulus checks that they could donate, you know, extra retirement funds, things like that. Really, you know, with the recent inflation and lack thereof of COVID assistance anymore, um, you've got a lot of people that have had to cut back on their discretionary spending, especially middle class families. So that means you're going to see a lot less of the everyday grandparents from the Midwest that hear about the college through a mailer deciding to donate 50 bucks sporadically. Um, However, um, what I will say is there has been, if anything, an increase in the larger donors' donations in terms of the larger donors have been giving more as of late. We don't really know why that is. At least I was not told why. Um, So that has made up for the lack thereof of the smaller donations. Um, Likewise, I believe the investments have been doing quite well since the vast majority of that money that $900 million plus is invested and not actively used per year. I believe it's only 5% of the endowment that is used per year. So that gives us plenty of savings and also um, lots of investment money as well. Despite the national downturn of charitable giving, the college has seen great success as far as attendance with outreach events. Can you tell me more about that? Right. So um, I will say that Nancy Johnson also told me that despite these numbers in terms of smaller donors, there has been a significant increase in the amount of friends of the college, so we say, attending different Hillsdale-related events, especially those where Dr. Arne is present. Different traveling events have had more people coming as well. I can't quote you on an exact figure right now, but those programs have continued to increase in popularity, even excluding the drop during COVID. What exactly is the college endowment used for? Right. So the college endowment is used for anything that directly goes toward running the college. So that is not so much anything relating to things like marketing and external affairs. It's more so directly related to the everyday running of the college. So, for example, it focuses on student scholarships, paying professors, different things like that. As far as the people giving donations to the college, do you know how many of these are alumni? I don't know what percent are alumni. However, our college is known for giving back pretty substantially post-grad. You know, give it a few years for the alum to start out in a career, but there is a consistent return, especially through 1844 society. On average, according to the numbers, the Alumni Association gave me. Um, it's about 12.5, of Hillsdale students, current or former, become 1844 society members per year. So that number does increase with time. Moving on to another story that you wrote for the City News section. You wrote about a local business that is closing after 105 years of business. So 
tell me what organization this is and why they have decided to close. Right. It's a really sad situation. I loved going to Glies every year for Mm -hmm. the past two falls that I've been in the area. So I can only imagine what it's like for the local families to hear about the closure. So um, Glies Apple Orchards was a family-owned company on Milnes Road, just a mile or two from Hillsdale College. And unfortunately, due to various legal situations with the family, um, they have not been able to access their personal business funds because it wasn't through a limited liability um, contract. So because of that, it's not that they lost their business in the sense that they weren't making enough money. It's that they could not access that money. Um, So the business a few years back went into something that's called a receivership, which means it's it's kind of like a bankruptcy, but pre-bankruptcy, just because they they legally could not run the company. Um, It's really unfortunate. The families tried to work it out. They've tried to work through the situation. Um, But at least at the current moment, it is not looking good. So um, they still own the property currently. They did have a harvest this year. There were apples that were grown on the property. Um, It's just the actual business itself is not happening. They have had to give the apples to different distributors in the area, different, you know, other small orchard stores in the 20-mile radius of Hillsdale, Michigan. Um, And the community has been very supportive. My understanding is a lot of people have been going to those stores and paying for the apples. It's just due to the legal circumstances, at least at the moment, they cannot sell them on the property. Um, So currently the business is for sale and it's through a local group called Swisher Commercial. And they're looking for a new family to take it over to run similar things and I think the whole community, I can't speak for it, of course, but I I do feel that a lot of people are really rooting for them, whether it is the Gly family or whoever does take it over. Tell me a little bit about the history of this business. So it was started 105 years ago in 1918. Tell me about the original Gly family members who had this vision for an apple orchard and what it turned into. Yeah, so the Gly family has lived in the Hillsdale area for years. And initially, the family brought the property shortly after they got married back in the 20s, I believe. Back in 1929, when they got married, they then bought the property for the apple orchard. So initially, they only had about, I want to say, 50 trees on the property. It was a very small operation even for that time. But within just a few years, I believe they had 50 acres of trees. Um, It was pretty cool. So since then, they've really been a staple in the community. It's been passed down through, I would argue, three and a half generations. So currently, the land is owned by Owen Gly, who was one of two brothers one of two grandsons of the original owners that owned the farm. And so Owen took over between him and his brother. He was the main one. 
And now it's his three children now that he is largely in retirement that have been trying to handle the situation. What is the overall reaction uh, to some of the students that you talked to and even your own personal experience um, of going to Glies? What is the reaction you've heard from people about the closure? There's been two main reactions. Um, the first being just sadness. And, you know, you've got a lot of people that are like, well, I guess I'll go to another one of the local places, but it's just not the same I know for myself, I loved their apple slushies that they made. The family was always super kind when I came. It seemed like it was always the family themselves running the store, which was a very cool aspect of the experience. So well-maintained. It was just a very cool facility. So I think a lot of students share in that sadness about it being gone. It really was a part of a lot of Hillsdale College students' experiences especially in that fall season. The other reaction being, oh, what is Glyze? I didn't know about that. And then you can kind of break it down to within that people going, oh, it was that place I always meant to go. Or people that just, I guess, never go on the back roads and never found it. But everyone either is sad to see it go or really wishes they could have experienced it. All right, Carly. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Definitely. It's always fun to be here. You have been listening to the Collegian Weekend Review. On Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. We're your hosts, Lauren Scott and Maddie Welsh. You can find The Collegian online at hillsdalecollegian.com or on Instagram at hillsdalecollegian. You can also find previous episodes of The Collegian Week in Review online at cwir.transistor.fm. Once again, you've been listening to The Collegian Week in Review on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM.